0: again and welcome to I've Got a Beatles podcast with Dave and Chris and today we're going to uh, go into our series Beatle Friends and this is one that I've been waiting for a long time because just to see Chris Chris is beaming right now. He is so (laughs) excited like a kid in a candy store here to get to talk about someone we've been joking about really for our whole existence i would say as a super friend of the show as an uber friend of the show yeah. and and just all around great beetle connection and that would be producer composer guitarist multi-instrumentalist jeff yeah. lynn
1: you know we talked about a uh, five tool kind of uh, player so we were talking actually about Jimi hendrix because he you know yeah. a songwriter a, a singer guitarist and we said, as a guitarist, he's a 10, as a, you know, the different levels that he was on. That was on our uh, YouTube uh, uh, song album, Career Plug Plug. <laughs> Jeff has is, got, I mean, like 10 different talent. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll dig into some of them here, but a tall task putting all this together. And of course, I was uh, like jumping out of my skin with excitement to talk about yes, uh, because- uh, Jeff Lynn
0: because Chris is not only a Beatles fan obviously but he's also a very big Jeff Lynne ELO fan and he's seen Jeff Lynne's ELO he's wearing a shirt right now uh, yeah. he's seen them a couple times i believe three and times now three times three times and just uh, you know a big fan so uh, mm-hmm. before we get into it, because it's a huge topic obviously because uh, Jeff Lynne had his Hand in a lot of different Beatles projects, and we're going to focus mainly on what he did with each solo Beatles because that's probably the most interesting to listeners of our podcast. But yeah. uh, I'm curious how you're how you got into ELO and what kind of connections you see
1: between your ELO love and your Beatles love. You know, I uh, when I grew up, I you know I'm uh, the youngest of uh, five. And um, most of my uh, brothers and my sister are significantly older than me. Like my oldest brother is 15 years older than me. And uh, they had lots of records when I grew up, you know, in the late 70s, early 80s. And ELO was a lot in in those records. And and one of the records I was very much drawn to. And one of my favorite records of all time is ELO's El Dorado, which I've got right here a, a copy of. Uh, I just heard, just announced that, that they're going to do one of those legacy master recording Great. versions of that. Uh, those records are way really too expensive for my taste. It's like a <laughs> hundred dollars for a record. Yeah. So I grew up like listening to, you know, ELO's greatest hits was ever present. And you know, that probably the late seventies is right in the wheelhouse of ELO being super popular and being on the radio a lot. So, um, uh, yeah. So it was just like in, in, in my ear as I was uh, growing up. Um, and do
0: you see lots of connections? It's obvious, but in fact, that's been one of the knocks I think on Jeff Lynn forever was you're kind of a, a beetle knockoff or a ripoff. And that's what he, you know, some of the, the productions and things he did with ELO got that criticism, but do you see it that way? Or do you see it more of a, it's a, a love of the Beatles and a passion.
1: It's a love of the Beatles and a passion, but it's also I think you know he was influenced by other things too. Uh, one being Roy Orbison. Oh, if you yeah. think about Roy Orbison and his music, his career, very passionate songs, uh, very high high pitched kind of high range vocals, right, high <laughs> register vocals. And a lot, a lot of orchestral stuff in, in Roy Orbison songs. So an interview with uh, Jeff Lynn, where he was talking about spending almost a full year or so of his life, just listening to Roy Orbison and nothing else when he was a a kid. So, uh, so I think it's not just the Beatles that he was influenced by George Martin though, being probably, if, if there was one Beatle, I, I, you know, in my research and stuff that I'm really thinking about, like what, what drove Jeff Lynn and what, what what made him become what he became. I think George Martin's kind of uh, a key in that, in that maybe we'll talk pretty soon here about a chance encounter mm-hmm. where he, he got to meet George Martin. And, um, but if you think about George Martin's production, it's it's combining a lot of rock with uh, full orchestras and, and uh, uh, just some, you know, string quartets and things of that nature and that would almost immediately just become the the key to ELO's you know unique sound and uh huge success in the 70s do you think they're
0: they're often lumped into the prog rock or art rock label like Emerson Lake and Palmer or yes things like that do you think they're the same kind of category or is ELO and Jeff different
1: uh, I think they're different, but I think that there is some connection there. And as we go along, we'll, we'll talk a little more on that question. Okay. Because there's uh, one of the precursor bands of ELO that Jeff was involved in is a lot more prog rock, bad prog rock elements <laughs> of prog rock that we can, we can just uh, uh, totally make fun of here. Yes. <laughs>
0: well, perfect. So I thought before we get into the specifics about, Jeff Lynn's productions and work with the Beatles individually. And then in the, well, the three of course, in the nineties too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, what are the traits? You know, we, we spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about George Martin, and you just mentioned some of George Martin's main traits, but I think Jeff Lynn has quite a lot of production traits and some of them we've made fun of in a in a in a, in a way with love as bill Marr might say as a way with love we yeah gonna make yeah. fun of them. but he does have certain traits and they a lot of these productions come from the same period too so maybe that's part of the production style what do you think
1: yeah i think so i think that the the, the things that make uh some of those sound very similar yeah i think is the thing that if you listen to a lot of that era music altogether, you get a lot of this mid-tempo, same sort of drum sound, like very simple. He I yeah, you know, I would say Ringo is a big influence on him too. And he, you know, I obviously he'll work with Ringo a lot, but I think that that, that sort of like kind of keeping it simple drum, but drums being present mm-hmm. in the mix is what maybe years later sounds a little like if you play them all together back to back to back to back they kind of run together a little bit yeah so there's that there's also a little trick he uses a lot in a lot of different songs and that's this double descending lines thing do you know what I'm talking about no no so it's like uh um think of he you know he produced the Roy Orbison album um you got it Oh yeah.
0: Anything at all. And it goes
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you think about Cheer Down, Cheer Down's got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a couple others on Cloud Nine. There's a couple uh wilberry songs that have that. Uh, you know, will they'll probably pop up as we as we think about it. But yeah, that's definitely a trait. He uses some little musical tricks like that uh, over and over <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, it works it, it like most of the those songs I like so I'm not, I'm not <laughs> necessarily even slamming that use of uh, a double descending lines but it's a definitely a thing he's <laughs> used in several different songs another thing
0: I would say if you're into studio techniques is uh, a lot of compression so which tends to make the songs brighter and louder uh, i think that tends to be they are very mid-tempo there's a lot of mid-tempo tunes but mm-hmm. they also ha- are can be they're, they're pretty present too they're very you know they bright exploding off the the vinyl or off the cd
1: too exactly exactly yes not not uh um yeah it's a very clean kind of production sound and you know not everybody's tastes all the time but i think you Know when I re-listen to some of these albums, I'm like, man, they sound great. Uh particularly Flaming Pie, you know. We we had a full Flaming Pie episode. Yep. And and pretty much praised it. And you know, a lot of that is co-produced by Jeff Lynn and, and sounds all those songs sound really, you know, pretty good. So well, let me ask you a question. There are a lot of people who
0: don't like Jeff Lynn's production, and they even say some of the Beatles productions aren't good or that mm-hmm. it, it doesn't serve the songs well so what what do you think is the criticism that people have had against his work with the Beatles
1: I do think I and I I even myself have had that criticism yes, on I remember a episode. few times. <laughs> and uh over time maybe I've gotten over that uh uh kind of negativity about that but I do think it is a little bit like of that I think it's more about the drums the gate that that same drum sound and the same <laughs> both a free a free as a bird and real love real love are both sort of the same tempo and the same drum sound kind of like and very 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 present guitar sound solo sounds and stuff like that but um I oh, kind of okay. rather have that sometimes than have like I was just uh, watching a video about one of those christopher I, what is christopher cross uh that one what is that oh ride like the wind ride like the, the wind
0: ride like the wind yeah
1: so i was just watching her video <laughs> about christopher cross ride like the wind and they're talking about how awesome this guitar solo is and he can't even hear it because it's buried behind all these so i'd rather be able to hear the solos and hear the you know things of things of that nature so And another
0: thing that maybe it's the sameness factor. I think that's, you hit on a good point there. Mm -hmm. And he he really became enamored with George Harrison's slide guitar. And it's all over that period. It's not only on George Harrison's songs, but then it's on, as I just discovered. Yeah. It's on Tom Petty. It's on Jeff Lynn's solo stuff. It's on Roy Orbison. It's everywhere. So you have that, that same slide type of sound, but it's, know it's very identifiable and you know a lot of people had said well you know they shouldn't when the beatles had their reuniting during the anthology they should have worked with george martin but then george martin was losing his hearing so he said he didn't want to do anymore so why jeff lynn well
1: yeah obviously uh, now if they were doing it now or even doing it 10 years ago, it would have been Giles Martin.
0: Yeah, of And it,
1: had it been five years before that, it would have been George Martin. Right. But right. just because of the time it was, and because they, you know, he was extraordinarily successful with yes. his production. Like, yes. if you think about the, the the sort of five albums in a row, you know, with including Cloud Nine, uh, uh, the first Wilberry's album, Mystery Girl from Roy Orbison, Full Moon Fever from Tom Petty. You know, we're talk- these are big hits. We're talking yeah. about huge, colossal, t- top ten albums. You know, yeah. so uh, the million seller albums, none of which were criticized for bad production. So, no, no, you know, I, I think in, you know, we'll get we'll, we'll get a little into the those two songs, obviously, uh, here in just a bit, but sure. Uh, it was kind of a tough task, too. It wasn't like the easiest thing in the world to do. No,
0: so. <laughs> no. It's, it's, it's a lot of material here and a lot of things to deal with, uh, especially, yeah, that we'll get to the technical issues with that beetle stuff. I thought, so. let's
1: go chronologically here a little bit. Yeah. I go all the way, way back to even before he was, like right as he was starting a, a, in a band called the Idol Race, he had a Chance Encounter. He did.
0: Yes. So in a recent interview, Jeff Lynn talked about this where he had a friend of their engineer who said that he was working on a Beatles session at Abbey road and and that invited the group to come down and take a look. So he, now he's a little confused. He says, maybe it was only me who went, but I saw Paul and Ringo in studio three doing piano and vocal. Then I got invited into studio two where John and George were in the control room down below in the actual studio george martin was hurling himself around this pedestal conducting the string section for glass onion yeah he said he was blown away by the work in progress nobody had heard it yet but there i was in abbey road actually listening to it being made i stayed for maybe half an hour then i thought it would be polite to leave because you feel a bit of a dick in that company <laughs> so, <laughs> so i went back to where the idle race were recording And of course it didn't sound so good. (laughs) So so pretty exciting moment for him. And he was, he said he didn't sleep for three days after that.
1: Yeah. Well, and I I do think it's like, you see, okay, here's the Beatles. This is the the gold standard, right? You see Paul working on, I think he was working on, why don't we do it in the road, by the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you see, this orchestra for you know glass onion or, or i i had heard it was piggies but that was a, that was you know maybe he's his memory is probably a little hazy too yeah, yeah. but um it gotta gotta be you know something that influenced them going going forward oh so, yeah and you almost immediately will see like uh this groupies in the idol race okay which the idol race is a pretty decent uh surprise i was surprised because i found there is the idol race is streaming oh good <laughs> you to know. find a collection that has uh all three of their albums now he's not on the third album so just skip that one <laughs> but but the first two the birthday party in 1968 and the idol race in 1960 album nine uh, uh, which uh, also 1969 which is the first album he actually produced too so <laughs> right away he sort of and i heard him being interviewed by this, like, oh, I think I was always a producer too. You know, I was always like, not just, you know, as I'm writing songs, I'm kind of hearing all of it, kind of, mm-hmm. kind of that thing. The Idol Race is pretty decent stuff. It's, it's, it's kind of, kind of British, sort of a psychedelic, but not that psychedelic. You know, it's, it's more like Penny Lane psychedelic, and, and you know, there's some duds, like and some, <laughs> some silly. You know, the, the British uh, songs like Big Chief Wooly Bosher. That's like, how do you like that title? <laughs> Sounds awful. Yeah, it is. But uh, <laughs> one song in on particular note is a song called Girl at the Window, which has a Beatles references in it. You can, in fact, you can see a lot of Beatles influence, especially more, you know, orca- orchestral. Uh, um, and I feel like doing that group, uh, the, those couple Idol Race albums is kind of how he found his style and he
0: was young he was only 21 at that time when he in 1968 when he went in to meet the Beatles he was only about 20 21 years old so what a formative experience to have that right there
1: yeah well then he met this guy Roy Wood okay and Roy Wood was in a band called The Move and they'd had a couple successful albums but uh, had some lineup changes I'm guessing because Roy Wood's an asshole (laughs) And people, people <laughs> quit. So Jeff Lynn was asked to join the move. And he said, okay, uh, For their, 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 it's like, we got two more albums we got to do. And Jeff Lynn's like, okay, I'll join. But then we've got to start this other band. So he joins the move just to be able to start Electric Light Orchestra. <laughs> so and you can tell it's, it doesn't feel... Does <laughs> it feel to me like his heart is totally into the move? Also, uh, the drummer of the move was Bev Bevan, and he'd go on to be in Elo too. Mm. Um, and you can hear on uh, in some of the move songs, you can hear sort of the 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 Elo thing, the, the drumming of Bev Bevan and some of the feel, but um uh I, I'm not a big fan of this, the move, and this is like very it's this prog i feel like roy wood was the prog rock guy okay in the worst kind of way in the word very like the title of open up said the world at the door you know that kind of thing. Yeah, pretentious and yeah. yeah like turkish tram conductor blues it's like they can't do anything that's like just uh straightforward yeah. and that the songs are very long and not very long in a sloppy haphazard kind of way you know yeah uh, so looking on 1970 message from the country oh and lots of recorders and clarinet oh ooh. Not, and and you know that clarinet sound that's not quite in tune yes yeah that would drive you crazy kind of annoying that's, that's yeah. yeah that's there's a, a lot of that but uh their their second album message from the country was recorded at the exact same time as they did elo and what would happen is like a song like uh, 105.38 Orverture actually started as a the move song. And then Jeff Lynn was kind of like, hey, you know what? This is too good. <laughs> I, think, I think I want this for the other- For myself, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's a version of Do Ya that's kind of trickled out from the move. So the move, not that great. I'd skip it if I was uh, anybody listening. But yes, yeah, Roy Wood, Jeff Lynn, Bev Eben they they uh start up elo so elo you know uh, obviously huge colossal group but the first three albums first three albums are all okay Mm. (laughs) all of the strings are overdubbed on these it's a kind kind of uh, choppy albums lots of instrumentals but a few singles uh there's some other good tracks like uh and mr radio but mama Mama bell what do you think of that tenure i don't think i know that one i don't know i only really i'm
0: pretty limited in my elo knowledge i only really know kind of the big big hits
1: yeah well uh, one of the big hits showdown i know that one yes
0: so somebody else else? like that one yeah john lennon
1: loved that one
0: uh and so in an interview in 1970. Or 75. Uh, it's, it was an interview on WNEW, New York radio station. Uh, John Lennon called ELO the Sons of the Beatles. And when he was discussing the group's 1973 single, Showdown. So he was a very, very big fan. And uh, he also said that ELO's music reminded him of sergeant Pepper as well. So I don't think they ever met. They, they didn't meet, but there was certainly an interest there.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. And uh, then yeah, uh, "Roll Over Beethoven's another uh, single off of that second album, ELO, the the ELO number two. Very right. <laughs> bad titles. Uh, A yeah. bad title, but uh, "Roll Over" here uh, during "Roll Over Beethoven" recording in the studio next in the. St- <laughs> I got to do my. you got to do your Jeff Lynn impression here. In the studio next door, Paul McCartney was recording "Living That Die. And producer George Martin popped into our studio to have a listen to a slightly different version of the classic he had <laughs> recorded 10 years earlier. He gave a nod of approval. Nice. So yeah. So so <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah. So that's kind of another little, little moment there that you know it's like they're getting to know each other a little. And that's a rollover Beethoven's one of their Finals like
0: their encore,s right? Or it's kind of a
1: yeah. They usually play finale. that. Even now, they play that as their finale, and I, I'm not. I'm not the biggest yeah. fan of that. But that's you know how I feel about covers yeah. of oldies, right? Generally, and then after those three albums, though, I really think that they hit their stride. And, and, and Jeff had a great idea. Like, you know what? How about instead of dubbing all these strings would hire full. Or- let's get a full orchestra in here and that leads to eldorado which is just a i i love eldorado i think it's just a gem start to finish the big hit is uh can't get it out of my head on that one oh yeah that's a good um song. and then that you know they would go on a string then of just like big huge million selling albums face the music that one's got strange magic and evil woman Mm -hmm. fire on high a new world record which has telephone lines so fine living thing do ya boy so many hits um it's also got a song uh Shangri-La from the new world record which has a line uh faded like the Beatles on hey Jude oh nice he's saying his love faded slowly kind of like breakups are slow Mm. so uh real good um, and they, uh, of course, there's another big hit on there called Rock Aria. So uh, what are you like? Rock Aria or Rockestra? <laughs> <You know, like, laughs> flip a coin, flip a coin. Yes. Also, in, and that was 1976. Also in 1976, by the way, all this in World War II, the original soundtrack. Yeah. Which we've talked about on our covers uh, thing. Um, he did uh, w- with a little help from my friends and Nowhere Man on that. So. I think we talked about them, if I
0: remember correctly, yeah, at least one did. of them. Yeah. We
1: did. We did. Yeah. And then Out of the Blue, it comes and it's a double oh, yeah. album and not Pretty no excelling. bigger $10 million <laughs> or, or 10 million copies sold. So, uh, Turn to Stone, Mr. Blue Sky, of course, Sweet Talking Woman, you know, mm-hmm. everybody knows that. And then I think they start to take a little half step back after that. <laughs> Discovery uh last train to london shine love um the xanadu soundtrack which the movie xanadu is terrible <laughs> is that the one with olivia newton john yes no, she yeah
0: okay she. Sang and that, she
1: yeah. sang xanadu yeah. which was written by uh jeff lynn oh, okay. um but that that soundtrack's actually i had it you know because it was just kicking around my house and that, uh, the side two of that uh, has I'm Alive, The Fall, Don't Walk Away, All Over the World, Xanadu. It's great. It's great. Mm-hmm. I love it. Very good. And then the, the project just starts ru- running out of steam after that, I think. And then Time has a couple of good songs on it. Secret Messages was supposed to be a double album, and then they cut it down, but it isn't. <laughs> it's a single album, but it's still not that great. Balance of Power is a dud. Total, total, four <laughs> reviews, just a total dud. And then they disband for a while, quite a while. Although uh, ELO2 starts up <laughs> with just the drummer and like some new musicians. So explain that to me why they. Is work, that kind of like the Velvet that. Underground post uh, Lou Reed and. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. ELO2. That's. Yeah. I guess it had Jeff's blessing, though. It wasn't like a total like like he was like okay yeah sure okay whatever i'm done with it and i saw some uh interviews with him of the time and he's like yeah i'm just i don't want to go around in these giant i guess he really never enjoyed back in those days the whole touring Hmm. and performing live stuff he like really loved the studio stuff but then having to go out and kind of earn the money on the road at that time at least just seemed like a real slog Mm. yeah (laughs) so elo's disbanded so he starts producing and he produces a couple of albums of this guy dave edmonds yes and dave edmonds uh, a couple so he does a couple of those albums and one night he's hanging out with dave edmonds and Dave Edmonds is like they're hanging out for like a couple of hours and then it, Dave Edmonds just leaving. He's like, oh, by the way, I ran into George Harrison the other day and he said he wants you to uh, produce his album. And he's like, by the way, <laughs> should have been should have been, you should have ran to my house to tell me this. Um, so um, I, I, I found this article <laughs> I don't know why, but this is on a website called vermilioncountyfirst.com, which seems to be a downstate Illinois (laughs) thing. But it has this interview, uh, uh, this article about George Harrison shedding light on why he chose Jeff Lynn to be his collaborator for his 1987 comeback album, Cloud Nine. Here's a quote from George. So I thought, well, I don't want someone who's going to boss me about and turn me into something I'm not. I want someone who has a bit of respect for me Mm -hmm. and for my past i want to respect him too so i gave it quite a lot of thought and i the only person i could think of who i would really like to make a record with was jeff lynn i suddenly thought i'd been playing his records and i thought jeff that's it so jeff (laughs) lynn he's it if i can get to meet him and con him into coming to work with me (laughs) wow (laughs) well that was it really kindled
0: like rekindle George's career absolutely and then that was where Jeff Lynn really got into the other Beatles work as well and I like the story part of that whole time at once after the Edmonds Lynn like oh hey by the way you want to produce George's new album Uh, then Jeff Lynn and George Harrison went on vacation together to Australia and they were with the idea of going to Grand Prix and seeing some auto racing uh, but mm-hmm. then started writing and working on songs. And so then a couple of the songs started to appear on uh, cloud nine, for example, zigzag, hottest gong in town, certain songs like that. And then mm-hmm. it really kind of took off. So they they hit things off together.
1: Yeah, we've talked a lot, well, a lot recently about a lot of these songs because we talked about the live uh, 1991 performance so we several of those uh, uh cloud nine tunes and we also did a full episode on when we was fab so you can mm-hmm. uh, you mm-hmm. can go back listen to those episodes but uh yeah obviously uh, you know the more i'm listening to it too dave uh which i did give it a good listen uh in pre- pre- preparation for this the more it's growing on me more and more as the cloud year, nine as yeah as the years yeah. go on yeah um yeah how do you i mean you've always liked it right i've always
0: loved it i love it when it came out yeah it was it was uh and it's it's certainly actually my least favorite song one of my least favorite songs is got my mindset on you because it was so it wasn't a george song and it was just overplayed and yeah but it was a number one hit and jeff lynn had the good ear to do that and picked other good songs to release so this is love another single from it. And then when we was fab, so Mm -hmm. he was, he and George co-produced and were able to, I think, take the best of each other's work. So you had the, the Jeff Lynn, big visions, big production, big sound, and then George's great guitar playing and the songs and the musicality. And you put it together. So I've always loved cloud nine. I think it's one of my favorite George albums and that, that was my first introduction to, George, to Jeff Lynn since I wasn't really a, an ELO fan by yeah. that time.
1: Um, and then you quickly had a second introduction to, to him. I'm, I'm certain that you uh, bought this album, right? When it came out uh, or shortly thereafter. And that's in a, a, a 1998, Traveling Little Berries, Volume 1. Yes,
0: 1988. So it was, it was, you 87 was cloud nine and then 88 for traveling Wilburys. And yeah. Jeff Lynn was the least known of the five Wilburys. Cause you've got a beetle. You have Bob Dylan, you have <laughs> yeah. Roy Orbison, Tom
1: Petty. Tom Petty is just like at his, at his career. Like yeah. he's just, just taking off yeah. partially because of uh, Jeff Lynn, which we'll get to here in a minute.
0: Right. Um, and then you've got Jeff Lynn, who's kind of the glue that helps put them all together in some ways. So yeah, obviously, the first Wilby, Wilbury's album has a uh, so features for each of them, as well as a lot of group work. So I think, if I remember correctly, on that album, you have uh, "Rattled" was a Jeff Lynne tune.
1: Yeah, it's sort of a '50s uh, mm-hmm. esque jaunt. That one, yeah, uh, cooks pretty good, and you even get a row! from <laughs> Roy Orbison in there. Which I can't do uh, justice to, obviously. Yeah, uh, and yes. and also heading for the light, which is uh, ha- oh, yeah. uh, probably the truest Harrison and Lynn collaboration. Yeah, on the, on the record, uh, I think it's a good song. It would have been great on Cloud Nine, actually. Yeah, Some very sounds much. So. Like, just uh, would have been perfect for that. But uh, yeah, great. Yeah. And then of course, you know, handle with care and end of the line. to oh, yeah. like two absolute all time classics. You know, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so home yeah. run grand slam home run with Wilberries. and they, they recorded that so quickly too
0: yeah yeah
1: in, in fact they recorded it so quickly that it came out be after or it came out before some of the other collaborations he'd been working on because he'd actually met Tom Petty I guess he met Tom Petty because Tom Petty kind of like he was dry he said I was, dri- yeah, so the George album came out, and I was driving and uh, around, and this guy starts waving me down, and it's Tom Petty. And I pull over, and he's like, hey, you want to, re- you want to, you want to <laughs> work on something? <laughs> and so he, like, hops in the car, I guess, and they go over to either Tom Petty's or one of their houses, and right then and there, they do, right, free-falling, I guess.
0: How does this stuff happen? Like this? <laughs> This is just serendipity that, <laughs> yeah. that you, you Dave Edmonds and Jeff Lynn have a three-hour lunch or dinner, and then all of a sudden, hey, you just want to produce him, And then next thing yeah. you know, he's producing George Harrison. Sees Tom Petty on the street? Hey, yeah. And come then on over. Say,
1: same with working with Roy Orbison. Apparently, Roy was just like, uh, called him up and said like, oh, come over, come over. And then he came over, and right then and there, they wrote, you got it was the first song they worked on they were like yeah let's try to do something and then it was you got it which is obviously Roy's big huge uh uh successful uh comeback thing yeah well, well anyway those those two albums came out in 1989 both of those um and there are a couple of little uh a George playing on uh both of those albums one is uh, the song on the Roy Orbison um uh mystery girl he plays the song i love i love so beautiful he plays acoustic george's on acoustic on that and then i won't back down have you heard of that song from tom Petty? i think so (laughs) maybe once or twice yeah yeah. Uh, george is on acoustic and also backing vocals and you can hear him pretty yeah pretty good oh yeah and
0: that's a great album i i I don't know about you i sure spun that one a lot that uh whole uh, tom petty album was full moon fever yeah i was yeah uh, yeah I played oh, yeah. that one running down a dream there are yeah. so many hits off that. so album. many great
1: yeah that was a huge 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 album real, yeah real great thing um um and then uh jeff lynn uh, releases a in 1990 released a solo album and um there are several a, a couple beatles on this solo album uh armchair theater Okay.
0: Now, Chris, this surprised me because I'm going to, we're going to admit something to everybody here, but you had not listened to this album all the way through before our prep here.
1: No. And yeah. I, 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 cause I, you know, some of these albums like Armchair Theater and Zoom and a few of these, you just like assume that they're, uh, because they're, they weren't big hits, they weren't big, you know, that they, they must stink yeah (laughs) you know and that's that's not a great way to look at any of this stuff particularly for digging back to older stuff it's like you know some of the gregated albums were you know velvet underground it's a great example just completely ignored when they were released so why why should these mid-90s albums that were you know classic kind of rock era guys uh that are in the 90s and not as relevant as you know your Nirvanas or or Guns N' Roses or something oh, yeah. like that that was super popular at the time. That doesn't mean that they're bad albums. So no, no. so give them a listen because Armchair Theater is probably the biggest surprise to me um of actually being a pretty good album. And we've got we've got uh George Harrison all over this album. <laughs> Lots of slide. Yeah he's on acoustic guitar on every little thing lift me up and September song uh an electric guitar, slide guitar on september song or lift me up september song and stormy weather mm, a couple <laughs> of he, standards there yeah and he's on backing vocals on every little thing and lift me up as well um yeah those standards the september song is a real highlight it's really you know a oh, long, long long time from me to december mm-hmm. you know really great really great uh, oldie there like old oldie oldie <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah and of course stormy weather it's just uh very beautiful like a uh, stunning stunning slide guitar from uh george on those so i'd give armchair theater a listen where i you good also in 1990 traveling berries volume three i don't think we've ever once talked about volume three no i
0: that one kind of didn't have the same impact as the first one yeah i remember it being extremely short it was like maybe a half hour it was very short not as many hits and it sounded a little, a little repetitious kind of the same a lot of sameness on that one
1: yeah i gave it a solid listen and there are a couple of good tunes on it um new blue moon uh, it's yeah. very george and jeff heavy i like it it's one of the better tracks Uh, You Took My Breath Away is like a Jeff, sort of like a classic ELO Jeff ballad. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So that's good. But yeah, you're right. It's, there's no, there's no end of the line. There's no, you know, there's, there's no big hit on it. She's My Baby's kind of, you know, uh, okay. Inside Out's got that kind of funny bit at the end, but I, I, you know, it's not that great of an album. I mean,
0: Well, part of it was also you lost Roy Orbison, too, because he died. So that was a big change, too. You didn't have him on there.
1: Yeah, it seems uh, to to me, too. It seems very Bob Dylan heavy. Yeah, I like Bob Dylan, but this one seems a little, you know, for a group album, it seems like more like a late late 80s, early 90s Bob Dylan uh, album. And that's your favorite period of Bob Dylan too. You <laughs> like, wiggle wiggle and uh... yeah. So, <laughs> but but no. yeah, well, maybe we'll do a someday get into a full listen and a full track by track analysis and maybe yeah. it'll, maybe it'll grow on us as we uh, give it another listen, but wheelbury Twist, I'm just, you know, it's not, yeah. nothing gets me out of bed on this. <laughs> <side>. <laughs> no. Seven Deadly Sins, that one's probably one of my one of the better tracks on that
0: that's a dylan tune isn't it yeah yeah
1: and when we say it's a bad like it's been it's not bad it's no, just, no 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 it's, it's nothing like the the first album's like a must own all-time classic and this oh yeah it's kind of you know more of an afterthought than and obviously you know losing roy oh man i saw this <laughs> i saw this interview long kind of interview with george harrison Somebody uh, right at the time that they were releasing this, and you can tell George is absolutely loathes being interviewed. <laughs> and they said, uh, "What? Who else out there?" Which is not a bad question. It's like, who else there out there would be a good willberry And he's like, "I don't know." I, he's like, "I don't think uh, you know. I'd like to play with a lot of different people, but I don't think we'd make it a Wilberry's. We'd just, you know, start some other band." <laughs> so he was hating it (laughs) he was just you could tell that just like he absolutely despised the 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 act of sitting there and being interviewed
0: yeah (laughs) well i Um, think it's interesting that you know there's one beetle that's missing uh in the mix here we've talked about john we've talked about george paul's coming but in the same year, we start to uh, we have our first introduction with Ringo and Jeff Lynn when uh, Ringo recorded a cover version of I Call Your Name for a TV special marking the 10th anniversary of John Lennon's death and the 50th of his birth. So that would be 1990, the same year as Traveling Wilburys Three.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's one I
0: missed. Oh, it says, yes, it's produced by Lynn, features Jeff Lynn, Tom Petty, Jim Keltner, and ringo's future brother-in-law joe walsh Walsh,
1: yeah yeah
0: so that was his that was the first intro to between ringo and jeff lynn on a recording session which they would do a little bit more shortly right
1: yeah here in 1992 time takes time we might need to do a full track by track on time takes time later this year dave
0: this would actually be a ringo album i would look forward to discussing it's a pretty yeah.
1: good album and uh two of the peppier tunes are don't go where the road don't go <laughs> which is ringo. decent and then you can tell there's a little elo flavor on on that track because it's got that elo strings hit that yes. zin, 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 zin kind of kind mm-hmm. of thing happening and after all these years which is you know a pretty straightforward straight uh, straightforward uh, uh run-of-the-mill ringo song but pretty pretty good actually mm-hmm. So, you like both those tunes? Uh yeah. Yeah, it's got the, uh, the to me the
0: the horns are also on the first song um don't go where the road don't go the do 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 do. You've got that which is sort of a cloud nine-ish sound as well. It's a very Jeff Lynne production yeah. sound. But yeah, those are good songs and that's a good album. So, we'll definitely have to dig into time takes time.
1: Yeah, there's another one will coming up, which is another anniversary album, which we might have to do a full track by track on. Which would be great. Yeah. Um, 1994. Then here, here we here's go. The big one. Here's <laughs> the big one: yep. Beatles anthology. So we get uh, a technically 1995 for real love, but uh, uh, you know they're both 94, both the same session. So uh, free as a bird and real love. So here's a question I, I have for you on free as a bird and real love. Which do you think, which one of these tracks was the bigger production challenge?
0: Well, as all of our listeners, I'm sure know, these came from a cassette that Yoko gave to the other Beatles and some unfinished demos to finish up. And Jeff Lynn has, when it came out, I remember seeing a lot of stories about how he had to Biddle with the speed and the pitch and there was a lot of you know it was poor quality so there's a lot of work that he had to do so i'm guessing well the beatles i think worked a lot more on free as a bird because the song was unfinished as much but i don't know is real love more difficult
1: yeah i don't i yeah real love it's uh, like he's got the whole lead line you know yeah he's the main singer Right. I don't, I yeah.
0: I, uh, I bet they're very difficult. Both of them were really challenging. Uh, it, I find it interesting that McCartney, and he said this a few times, that he was a little worried about having Jeff Lynn brought in because he's like, oh, he's a pal of George and the Wilburys, and I expect him to, you know, he'd be palling up with George the whole time. But it didn't turn out that way at all. So it was, yeah worked really well you can see them in videos working together and uh, do you have a preference on either of those songs I'm
1: no i kind of i guess i kind of oh geez i don't know yeah i'd put them about the same level i mean they're the same thing yeah (laughs) yeah which is uh it's not quite the beatles really yeah it is it is but it isn't you know and i i it's almost like you know, pretty, i i a free, I'm probably free as a bird just because you hear, you hear Paul and you hear um, George singing and you hear George in his in his <laughs> 90s singing voice yes. and not in his 60s singing voice. So it's sort of like, it's like, it makes me, if anything, it makes me want more of it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh man, if these two would have just done an album right yeah. away, it would have been amazing. <laughs> yeah. So. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a challenge. And, you know, I, I think some of the criticism and even my own criticism of him uh, being kind of not quite there, you know, not quite what it, it, the, the Beatles was. Yeah, uh, he did his best, though, I think.
0: Yeah, he had a lot to do. It was not easy just technologically to put all that together. And then you're dealing with the other three Beatles and their baggage and issues and yeah. challenges working together. So I, I think it's a miracle it even happened at all. Yeah, he
1: seemed to be in some interviews, just be like, uh, you know, I'm there with the Beatles seeing all, you know, seeing each other for the first time in years and just like talking, telling all these great stories and just having a great time. He's like, you know, I was so like, he's like, I just fell into all these things, too. I didn't try to like, like the story of like Tom Petty waving him down his car. It's like, yeah. I didn't even try to like pursue any of this stuff and just kind of fell in my lap. I just feel like the most fortunate man there ever was. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, after after that, so so uh anthology was a good experience, I think, for all of the Beatles. Um, and particularly Paul, kind of reinvigorated yep. Paul. And so Paul's like, you know what, let's do a new album. And um started working kind of from 95 all the way till it was released in 97 kind of in, in stops and starts on flaming pie. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of him on flaming pie, you know?
0: Yes. So we've got, we have looking for you, the song we were singing the world tonight, flaming pie heaven on a Sunday, which I know is your favorite souvenir, little willow really love you and beautiful night. So that's a lot of that album is co-productions with Jeff Lynn and of those uh, you know we've we did our our flaming pie archive release review and we talked about flaming pie the album yeah and since I think, then
1: i bought that i see uh, uh half speed mastered uh yeah look at that uh, Two the two disc version of the half speed mastered and it has a very nice booklet inside yeah i was just looking at right there
0: so of those songs Some of the biggest and best songs are the Jeff Lynn Productions. So World Tonight, you and I both love, I know. Yeah. Uh, We like the song we were singing. Yeah. And Flaming Pie, uh, Beautiful Night. To me, that's my, I think that's the best production because it's, you're combining a lot
1: of things together. It's got the full, the orchestra, the orchestras
0: and the whole thing on it.
1: Well, I, you know, there was recently a Twitter thing going around, which uh, of all of the, a Beatles, so- which Beetle, I think it was which Beatles solo song is the most Beatles of a Beatles song. And I was thinking about it and I'm like, maybe Beautiful Night because you got because you got Paul, you've got Ringo, you hear Ringo singing in yeah. the background, and you've got a full George Martin mm-hmm. arrangement. That's a that's as much of a Beatles uh, connection as you can find, probably. Yeah. Um, and it does sound kind of like a beatles thing with different parts and you know mm-hmm. obviously a paul beatles thing not a john led one but right uh, yeah so maybe that's the answer i don't know yeah well
0: it was certainly it was a winning formula because we know yeah. flaming pie did really well it hit number two and it was just very good reviews and very positive time even though he was having some personal troubles with linda and her health at that time but it was a a really good experience and some very strong songs. Uh, I I've, I know you were, you're probably wondering what it was like to watch the guitar duel in heaven on a Sunday going on there and produce that. <laughs>
1: That's right. Yeah. Maybe I we'll love leave. that song, but yeah, every time they get to the guitar duel, I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah great tune oh. though great uh, oh and it really sounds good on this record yeah I'm, i bet very pleased i bet with it so um and then okay so J- jeff lynn gets done with that that project and uh does a couple more you know here and there of some less significant people and then he, i think he gets this the itch to get blo going again so in 2000 i have this box set right here on CDs uh, you know and this is flashback electric light orchestra and it has some hits and it has some uh, new versions of some unreleased stuff including a a new version of xanadu and some some other songs he said oh i just found this one (laughs) i just found this one and i never got around to it so love changes all on a couple like that pretty good stuff and and he's working again with uh, one of his co uh, one of the people from ELO again. So they're starting to starting to get that going again a little. So there is an album come out in 2001, which is a brand new electric light orchestra album called Zoom. And on on Zoom, we get Ringo on drums on a couple tracks and we get George on a couple tracks. So Moment in Paradise, Ring on Drums on that one, pretty sweet vocals, nice tune. Uh his man, his whole it, it is another thing about Jeff Lynn. his voice just his whole has held up. Yes. His whole life. Yeah. In yeah. fact, r- right after this, he recorded re-recorded did a full re-recording of all of the ELO tracks just to I think there was some some rights issues so that he could he could make the money instead of it going somewhere else. <laughs> And uh, you wouldn't know if yeah. I played a one for you, you'd be like, oh, yeah, that's the old ELO track. I'd be like, nope, that's the re recording. <laughs> um, Easy Money, that's a sort of a boogie woogie rocker, not bad. Ringo, full tilt Ringo on that one. <laughs> really just. <laughs> da, 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 da. So that one's a good one. Um, a Long Time Gone is so great. Of all of these uh, that you haven't heard, this Zoom, A Long Time Gone, give that one a listen because that's, that's a, uh, really good George slide guitar on that one, sort of a slower track, and all she wanted, which is sort of uh, similar, to, uh, that hit uh, Ma 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 Bell, which you don't you don't know, no. <laughs> uh, and George is more on the bluesy slide guitar on that one, so mm. it's a, a different kind of vibe for the slide guitar, but uh, feels like a real classic ELO track. So, uh, and you know, otherwise, they, they, this starts the era of. Jeff Lynn's kind of like recording every, every other track, every other thing on these albums by himself. Yeah. So he works on zoom on 2001 and then, well, unfortunately, there's another significant thing that happens in 2001.
0: Yeah. And we're not talking about what happened in New York either. Uh, we're talking about the death of George Harrison in November of 2001. And that would lead, uh, unfortunately, to, well, depends how you look at it, but it would lead to some posthumous work that Jeff Lynn got to do with Danny Harrison on the album Brainwashed, as well as the Concert for George,
1: too. So, th- This article from familiarcounty.com <laughs> or whatever. It is, Um, but it it is quoting an article from Uncut talking about the work on Brainwash. So I thought I'd read from this. Uh, This is Jeff Lynn. Danny asked me if I could mix it with him at my studio. Working on Brainwash was a very sad thing because he was a great pal and now he's gone. It was difficult to make decisions when nobody was there to say, I hate that, you bastard. (laughs) (laughs) Because George, that does sound like George. (laughs) (laughs) Some of it had been done quite a while before. Some songs were just his voice and a simple little guitar parts, some lead, some lovely slide parts, others, (laughs) they were finished. His life was in those final songs, lots of very personal stuff. Some of them are really good. We gradually just filled them in. It was about mixing them and making them sound like George would uh, like them. uh, i'm dropping the accent yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you you just had to go with your gut feeling i felt so bad for danny it was joyful when it sounded great well done george nice one but such a shame he wasn't there with us so hmm. um
0: yeah. well this this episode is giving us lots of ideas for future shows because i know we've also talked about how we need to do a brainwashed yeah. uh, review as well and i listened to it again a couple of Times earlier in the week. And Mm -hmm. there are some really strong uh, cuts on the album. And it's interesting that, like what he said, that it's, we think of it as the last album that he made, which is kind of true. But a lot of the songs were actually somewhat older. So, Any Road, which is one of my favorite songs, that goes back to 1988, Cloud Nine days. And so it's kind of all over the place. But yeah, but Jeff Lynn does bring it up to date in the production
1: yeah and, and there's some stuff on it that's really like uh you know particularly like black star came out and that came out and then you listen to it and david bowie died a few days after yeah and then you were like oh all these songs are about dying well this one came out after he died <laughs> and so it was pretty obvious like that some brainwashed particularly and stuck inside a cloud yeah which, that's a big one. Oh my god i love stuck yeah, inside a cloud so yeah great song that came Looking on, for I was my like, life. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, I love this song. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, I know, wow. I know, it's so great. Um, you know, and even the the like something like Marwa Blues sounds a little more um, emotional, a little more yeah. like connected to some sort of you know death and dying kind of thing. So yeah, uh, uh, yeah, pretty great. Uh, but we'll get into a full. We'll give it the full. Treatment it deserves uh, uh, at some point, maybe later in the year. Um, and then, of course, concert for George.
0: Yes, and, and Jeff Lynne was a big part of this concert. He sang a few songs. He did uh, the Inner Light. He sang I Want to Tell You. He sang Give Me Love, Give Me Peace on Earth. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the uh, they did Handle with Care. And he and he had a couple of Wilburys there, so they sang on that as well. So it was, uh, and he produced the album yeah the,
1: the live the live concert i heard that he took a long time with the production too because he's like he said uh you know i wanted to not just for george but he said that the performances were so great that you just want to make sure that they get like the full great treatment so that album is really great if, yes. if you listen to it it's it's well mixed and just an excellent excellent album mm-hmm. um and then, uh, you know, uh, he did a, one more solo album, a covers album called Long Wave, and um, that came out in 2012. Uh, produced also in 2012, Joe Walsh, A Man. <laughs> I know everybody's a big fan of that one. Um, and then on, in 2014, uh, he performed uh, Something and Hey Bulldog at that uh, weird concert to celebrate the ed sullivan shows yeah <laughs> i remember that that
0: was weird yeah. it
1: was weird but it was actually kind of a good show so i mean it was clearly like a tv a tv made event yeah yeah <laughs> so but uh yeah it was, it was actually a pretty good uh show there um and he also has a track on the art of mccartney <laughs> where he does junk so pretty good uh pretty good jeff lynn doing junk mm-hmm and then Jeff Lindsay ZLO comes back and alone in the universe and from out of nowhere. And he starts touring again. They did a big concert um, in, in England. And he was shocked, I think at the reaction at the beloved, everybody singing every song. Yeah. All very that. positive. Yeah. And it was so positive and he, it just sort of, he said it just sort of wiped away all the negativity I've ever had about doing concerts mm. and so he's been touring every that's how i've seen him you know like we said three times since then and um these two albums too are pretty good it's got some from out of nowhere is a good song and when i was a boy is a pretty good song so mm-hmm. he he continues to go on and i'm glad oh and it's now it's jeff lynn's elo Yeah, right <laughs> i think so there was because there was all that confusion about elo part two and all that legal legal issues yeah. and some legal stuff and so he's like yeah we'll just clear it up it's just it's me yeah. <laughs> so i do everything anyway so yeah i bet um, he and george uh, like to
0: commiserate about how much they hated performing live since that's something yeah. else they shared together that george didn't really he was a beetle first off the bus for touring it seems so
1: yeah do you think performing live has gotten better over the years I think it's
0: somewhat yeah I think it's a lot easier well the bigger star you are it becomes easier because you don't have to do as much and you have a lot taken care of so and traveling you know private jet or a private bus is a lot nicer than it used to be so probably it's not as bad
1: when they're going around with like in the 70s ELO's going around with a huge like a spaceship that opened it and stuff like that and I had heard he said in some interview that man there's so many mechanical problems with that thing and you'd just <laughs> like you'd get you know, like something would lift up and you'd get stuck somewhere and stuff it was just like the worst so he's like, like yeah like they were Pink asking Floyd's him, wall <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so they asked him where that stuff was he's like i don't know i'm, I'm i would <laughs> yeah that's in the dumpster somewhere i yeah. <laughs> but uh he's 70s. a great interview he's like very very pleasant guy and very I, this, this is one thing i don't i've never heard anything ever bad about jeff lynn
0: no no
1: um yeah
0: and so jeff lynn if you're listening we would love to have an interview with you and ask oh, yeah. you some more uh, specifics here about your long and storied career yeah. dealing with the beatles because it's i'm i'm gonna
1: implore you Dave, to dig back into ELO. Okay, I know you've you know you've heard your greatest hits type. Yeah, that's ELO all I stuff, know. Yeah. But take a stab. Start with El Dorado. Give El Dorado a good listen through. Okay, because it's a it's a I love that album. I think it's really great. And you're you're a guy who loves classical music. Exactly. And there's uh. you know there are a lot of great elements of classical music in the, in that album. Um, okay give that one a run and then, you know, poke around. And, you know, some of the, some of the hits are, are, you know, particularly the later in the run you get, the more you get into sort of like, it's clear he kind of ran out of gas with that project (laughs) in the, in the eighties, you know,
0: right. Like a lot of, like a lot of sixties and seventies groups did that kind of flamed out in the eighties. Yeah. So, so, all right. To kind of wrap up here, I want to know, what do you think is Jeff Lynn's greatest work with the Beatles? I want a song and an album. It's going to be hard. I know. This is really hard. But a song and an album. Maybe they could be on the same album. A song
1: could be on the album. song? Handle with care. Yeah. Got to be. And then I'm going to go with a different album just to mix it up. Being brainwashed. Just because he's trying to nail he's put a lot a lot of responsibilities put on his shoulders to finish an unfinished work and he does a a bang up job and you know all those production things we were talking about there's not a i mean it sounds different the the brainwash than than cloud nine what's yours
0: yeah, that's, I shouldn't have asked that question without thinking about
1: it myself here. Uh, you're always, you're like, I said in uh, uh, an episode that's about to come out, I was like, Dave, I asked these questions so that you can answer them. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right. No, I, don't, I don't
1: intend to answer them myself. <laughs> no, it's the hard part.
0: Uh, I'm going to say I think the song probably, well, I already said it, I, I think Beautiful Night probably to me uh, yeah, is just yeah. the, encapsulates everything that we love about him and the Beatles kind of together. And then I'll, I'll go with cloud nine because I think it mm-hmm. was so important in George's story and introduced most Beatles fans to the fact that these guys got along well and introduced the fans to a lot more music that was going to come out in the next few years, but with Jeff and George and the others. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. yeah I also- you can't go
0: wrong with any of them.
1: Boy, it was a really enjoyable, you know, and I discovered Armchair Theater, Jeff Lynn Solo, I discovered Zoom, which I had not yeah. spent much time with. And I didn't even really know that both Ringo and uh, uh, um, George were on that album, too. So um I'm so glad we did this this week, even though I, I kind of had to cram it because of some <laughs> uh, uh, dental issues I've been having and. Um, well and so, it's a lot of
0: material too. It's oh been, yeah,
1: so much. It's yeah. Just, uh, on this playlist I made is 76 tracks. Yeah. And that leaves off I didn't even put like uh junk and those those covers he did. On yeah. There. Yeah. That's just tracks that where you see uh one of the Beatles and you see uh Jeff Lynne and that's 76 tracks. That's pretty There's a couple others floating out there too like some obscure, some obscure George release which yeah. has one thing that they had recorded but never got released during cloud nine time you know so yeah um hard to find all of them actually to be honest but yeah uh yeah great stuff and
0: well let us know what your favorite what your favorites are yeah. uh and you can do that by sending us an email at i've got a beatles podcast at hotmail.com or on our facebook page or at i've got a beatles podcast and yeah. you can uh, let us know what you think
1: and we'll look forward to a, a full brainwashed and a full time takes time at some point. Yep. More ideas. So yep. very exciting. So song, album, career. I'm, I'm, uh, ooh, big, big episode. Led Zeppelin one good, gonna come out, r- relatively soon.
0: Now yeah, I'm looking, back
1: to back to better health and, uh, can finish, finish my edit.
0: Looking forward to that. We had a good discussion and, uh, should be a lot of fun, and we will uh, see if any new releases are coming out. I I haven't seen any, or heard any news about any McCartney stuff or any no, Beatles stuff. Really. The only
1: thing I heard about is this book, uh, releasing a book about McCartney's sort of like in the in the sort of all of those years vein. Yes. but about McCartney. So it's like volume one of that, and that's supposed to come out say November. Yeah, but. I bet you dollars to donuts tomorrow or the next day <laughs> that's since right. we recorded an episode that there's yep. going to be some Beatles news come out. Yep,
0: exactly. <laughs> so we'll keep on top of it and let so, you know. So I got to get that third Ringo EP, baby. I, that's what we're waiting for here. <laughs> so, Well, keep your fingers crossed here. We'll get some Ringo and get yeah. some more stuff coming out soon. So
1: let's, let's also hope for the sake of our listeners that the back to the egg, uh, Oh, archive yeah. collection comes out so that we can stop getting roasted for not for doing <laughs>
0: back to the egg eight years of the podcast the number one question we've gotten the most is review back to the egg where's your <laughs> review of back to the egg i asked you three years ago for a review of back to the egg and i haven't heard it yet where is it so <laughs> yeah. mccartney productions release it please yeah get the egg out we'll uh,
1: scramble it up for (laughs) exactly
0: all right well this was fun so thanks again for listening and we'll be back at you soon with a new episode